Hey, thanks for joining us here at the Vineyard Church Podcast. For more video messages and content, make sure to visit our website, vineyardwheeling.com, or download our app. There's a lot of great resources there that are free and will help you grow closer to God and help you connect with the church. Right now, let's go to today's guest speaker, Chris Dew, for this week's message. What's up, Vineyard Church family? Chris here. I'm excited uh, to be with you again here uh, this weekend. Um, If you would... Let's pray together and we'll uh, we'll jump into our scripture. Heavenly Father, this is uh, your space. It's for you. It's it's, it's all about you, King Jesus. And I just pray right now that you would uh, speak. That here, uh, over a video screen, that you would meet us in your word. Holy Spirit, have your way. Free us from uh, the slavery of anxiety and fear, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, Vineyard, what are you afraid of? Do you have any fears in life? I don't know, maybe heights. Anybody uh, scared of heights uh, or snakes or spiders? Anybody scared of spiders? Like every time you see one in the house, you're like, ah, you freak out. Um, horror movies, anybody scared of horror movies? I can relate with that one. Or how about public speaking? Anybody scared of public speaking? Yeah, that, that's a huge one. Um, and a lot of you guys have, have heard uh, that I have uh, you know, wrestled um, pretty much my whole life with anxiety. Um, it's, uh, it's a horrible thing that kind of ebbs and flows, comes and goes. Um, yet ultimately, I've wrestled with fear and anxiety for a very long time. But as a kid, I remember having one fear uh, that was ongoing and terrifying, honestly. And it was the fear of eternity or passing away or what happens after I die. And as a kid, I know this isn't emotionally healthy at all, but I would lay in in my bed at night and just contemplate what happens after I die. And I would kind of think, okay, so if I died today, then in 24 hours, I'd still not be here, okay? In 100 100 hours, 100 years, I still wouldn't be here. And I would wrestle with, man, I would cease to exist. And I was terrified of passing away. And oftentimes in our world that we don't have to really think about that too much, right? You know, we have our jobs, we have our families, we have our hobbies, and we kind of just exist and we try not to think about us having an expiration date. Yet over the past few years, all of us have been hit in the face with the reality of our own passing away, right? We have COVID-19 in a pandemic. We have wars and rumors of wars and all these existential crises all over our world. Every time we cut on the, uh, the news or hop on Twitter or Instagram, we are faced with these existential realities. There was a 
study recently done where the top few fears were either that we were going to die or that our loved ones were going to pass away. So here's our question that I want to try to get our minds around. Should we be scared of death? Should we be scared of death? Some people would say, no, you don't have to be scared. Like, everyone's going to die. So, I mean, really, there isn't anything after we die. So you don't have to be scared of it. it it's, it's, totally, it's totally normal. It's part of life. Like, don't freak out about it. Like, just eat, drink, and be merry. And try not to think about this reality that you have in expiration date. And I lived here for a long time, right? I was not raised in the church. I didn't have any understanding of a higher power or anything like that. And I just was like, man, I'm just going to eat lots of food, drink a lot of alcohol and smoke a lot of drugs. And then I just won't have to think about it. Other people though, answer that question and say, no, 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 you don't have to, you don't have to be scared of death because, um, everyone's going to go to a better place. Even your pets, right? This is like, Southern Christianity at its best. It's like, no, 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 everyone goes to heaven, including your dog, right? Like everything's fine. You don't, you don't like this, this everyone is okay. And on the other hand, that there are some people that say, no, 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 you should be kind of scared of death because you're a bad person, right? That if you do good things, then you go to a good place. And if you do bad things, then you don't go to a good place. So should we be scared of death. I'm going to argue that all three of those responses are incorrect or incomplete. Here's what scripture says. If you have a Bible, uh, flip open to Hebrews chapter two. Uh, we're going to have it on the screen as well, but this is what it says. Since the children have flesh and blood, he being Jesus, too, shared in their humanity. So that by his death, he might break the power of him who holds the power of death. That is the, uh, the devil. And free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. Explains in this scripture that if we're scared of passing away, that if we're scared of having an expiration day, just like me as a kid laying in bed tormented in these realities that he calls it slavery. That all anxiety and fear is really slavery. Yet this promise right here claims that we can be freed from this slavery. Yet how? Is it just that we act like it doesn't exist? Like, man, it, it's fine. We don't have to think about that. Or is it that everyone goes to heaven? Or is it that, man, like I've done a lot of good things, so I don't have to be scared. I don't think it's any of those. Here are... Uh, the three points out of this scripture uh, that I want to get at here this morning. Here's point number one. How can we be freed from the fear of death? One is that Jesus relates with us. Is that Jesus 
relates with us. Had the opportunity um, here a few weeks ago to preach my very first funeral. Yeah, uh, it was about uh, twelve hours, you know, before the funeral, and I get a text message, and and uh, you know, my friend says, "Hey, man, I had a pastor lined up for this funeral t- for my father, yet um, he canceled on us." Uh, do you know anybody who can preach this funeral? And I'll be honest. Um, uh, yeah, this is confession time right here, but I did not really want to do that. <laughs> I was like, I'll ask around. You know, I asked a few people if if they were able, and and everyone you know said no. So uh, the Holy Spirit said, "You're preaching that funeral." So I was like, "Okay, let's do it." Uh, but went and as I'm hanging out with uh, you know the family members and the friends of the person who passed away, I heard this common phrase of "This seems unreal." This just seems unreal, right? He was here a few days ago and now like he's not here anymore. This just seems unreal. And I think that the reason why it seems unreal is because that it wasn't the original intent of God. And I've heard people say before that, you know, it's just a part of life. Everyone's going to die. But as I read the scripture, I don't think that's actually true. That all the way back, if you flip open to the opening chapters of the scripture, that we see Adam and Eve hanging out with God in Eden. And ultimately, it looks like and seems like they were meant for eternal union with the God of the universe. Yet he said, hey, you can hang out, you can eat from any tree in the garden. Yet if you eat from this tree, the one tree that you can't touch, then you will surely die. And they were like, okay, we're going to stay away from that one. So they're hanging out around the garden, eating lots of different fruit, hanging out, having a job, you know, naming the animals. And then eventually the enemy comes up and tricks them and pretty much says, hey, God's holding out on you. You eat from this tree and they ate. And at that point in history, from here on, we now all have an expiration date, yet that wasn't the original intent of God. Yet rather than leaving us in this fallen state, Jesus came to rescue us. It explains in this passage in Hebrews 2 that he too shared in our humanity. Um, And this is called the incarnation. Ultimately, what it means is that Jesus has eternally existed as the second person of the Trinity. It ultimately explains that through him, all things were created. He was there at creation and he has always existed. Yet, he chooses to humble himself and to uh, to leave heaven ultimately, come to earth, put on flesh and blood in order that he can rescue us. He's fully man and fully God. And all through the scriptures and the accounts of Jesus, we uh, see his humanity on display. Uh, That one time in particular that jumps out at me is when his friend passes away, right? He, He hears about Lazarus who was sick. He waits a few days and he comes. And as he 
shows up, everyone's crying. Everyone's upset because he was dead. And I would think if, if I'm Jesus, right, and I understand that I'm about to raise this dude from the dead, I'm not going to cry. I'm going to be like, hey, guys, come on, lighten up. Everyone cheer up. He's, he's, he's fine. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to raise him. Yet, it isn't what he does. The scripture explains that he cries with his friends who are mourning. He cries over the fact that he lost one of his good friends. He, he cries over this. And in this, we see that Jesus is not some um, high, uh, you know, lofty God in the sky with his arms crossed saying, man, what is wrong with you? Yet rather, he relates with our pain and suffering. Uh, that I remember it's been about, man, 12 years ago now um, that I lost my dad, that he had had a heart attack and passed away. And if you've heard you know, my story before that you know that I found him dead and and I was just in this place of, I don't think anybody understands what I'm going through. This feeling of pain and suffering and how alone I feel, I don't think anybody understands. Yet, Jesus' humanity shows that he understands. He relates with our pain and suffering. And then a little later in the story of Jesus, that we see he's about to be crucified and he's praying right before prepping himself and he's actually sweats blood. Blood comes out of his skin because he's that anxious about um, his own crucifixion. And here I think it's helpful to point out that oftentimes I think as, as Christians at least, that we're not scared of the afterlife necessarily. It's not like what happens after I die. Like we kind of have that nailed down, but it's the process of passing away that we actually have fear about. Yet here again, Jesus can relate with us. He's a good high priest. He understands our fear of um having friends and family members pass away, he also understands our fear of the process of dying. He's not some God in the sky crossing his arms saying, why are y'all scared of dying? But rather, he understands what we are wrestling with. In anything you're going through, Vineyard, right now, if it's fear, if it's anxiety, if it's crying over your friend or family member who passed away or is about to pass away, Jesus relates with us. Here's point number two, and this is my favorite point. I may get a little bit more passionate about this one, but this is point number two, that Jesus broke the power of the enemy. Hebrews chapter 2 promises that we can be freed from the slavery of the fear of death. How it explains that is, one, in the incarnation, Jesus relates with us, except two, Jesus broke the power of the enemy. And do y'all know what happened in 18, 
63, does anybody know? Yeah, the Emancipation Proclamation happened. And ultimately what happened there is that it, it uh, you know, declared that slavery had ended. It was, hey, this is no longer legal uh, to own slaves. And ultimately this Emancipation Proclamation proclaimed this is not allowed anymore. And obviously through years of you know, bloodshed and, and uh, the war was going on so that it t- took a while you know, to play out. Yet at this point, this proclamation broke the power of slavery. And this is kind of like what happens when Jesus comes on the t- scene. He begins teaching about heaven and hell and uh, the afterlife, exclusively Christian teaching here. Yet Jesus' plan of why he came here to earth isn't just in order to relate with us. He also took all the punishment that you and I deserve because of our sin. See, sin is the thing that caused you and I to have an expiration date. Yet when Jesus was crucified on the cross, he paid for the thing that separates you and I from the God of the universe. He paid for the thing that caused us to actually die. And now we have access to eternal life through Jesus. Ultimately, what happened and I love this analogy. Um, I heard it from, I believe, you know, John Piper. And ultimately what he says is what the crucifixion accomplished is that it t- took uh, the f- fangs out of the enemy. Right? Scripture paints uh, the picture that the enemy is like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. He's got huge claws and fangs coming out of his mouth. Right? Like j- just this... Um, this uh, you know, roaring lion who, who is able to kill us. Yet what Jesus accomplished on the cross isn't just he relates with us and like it's this religious story, but rather he took the fangs and the claws out of the enemy. There is still spiritual opposition as it explains in Ephesians chapter 6, that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, yet against principalities in the heavenly places. So have in your mind that you are wrestling a lion, yet his fangs and claws have been taken out. Yes, he still has power. Yes, he still is very annoying and it's hard and it's, and it's a, uh, a painful process, yet now he can't break the skin and we have the sword of the Spirit. We still have our weapons in spiritual warfare, but the fangs have been taken out of the enemy. So if you're here and you feel like you're wrestling against spiritual principalities, like you just hear anxiety and fear is is crippling you right now, I want to encourage you, press on. Keep pressing praying. Keep reading the scripture. Understand that the enemy is real, yet his fangs have been removed. Oh, death, where is your sting? 
he can't break the skin any longer. And if we're in Christ, Scripture says that when we die, we are instantly in heaven with the God of the universe. And Paul even says that, man, hey, oh yeah, to live is Christ, yet to what? To die is gain. He said, man, I I like my life here. I'm going to live it up here. Man, I'm going to preach Christ. I'm going to do ministry. But when I die, I'm not looking at it like, oh no, I I don't know what's going to... He's glad about it, right? Because he knows that when he's away from his flesh, he is at home with the God of the universe. Psalm 1611. I I love this scripture. As you probably know, I probably quote it almost every time I preach, but this is what it says. He makes known to me the path of life. In his presence, there is fullness of joy and at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. This is why we can long for heaven. It's because here on earth, we have the Holy Spirit in us, yes. This fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. We have a taste of this right now, and we should enjoy the presence of God. Yet, when we pass away, we will experience the fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore in a way that we've never experienced in our lives. Perfect love casts out all fear because fear has to do with punishment yet our sin has been paid for and there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus I want to encourage you again vineyard if you are wrestling with fear and anxiety know that the enemy's fangs and claws have been removed and when you die you do not cease to exist or, or, or uh, you know, anything like that. Yet rather, if you're in Christ, you will be in eternity with the God of the universe forever and ever in the fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. That's really good news. Scripture says that fear and anxiety is slavery. Yet Jesus relates with us. He broke the power of the enemy. And lastly, point number three, is that Jesus gave us a glimpse of what is to come. I was having a conversation with a friend the other day and uh, that we were talking about this uh, concept here of the fear of dying. And I was asking him like, okay, why are you scared, uh, you know, of, of... you know, dying. And uh, the person explained, and I'll be honest with you, I'm a Christian, right? So I'm not scared of like hell. I like understand where I'm going. Um, I'm not scared of ceasing to exist. I'm scared of heaven. And I was like, okay, unpack this for me. This doesn't seem like this is, this is actually a genuine fear. He's like, no, no, no. I'm scared of what it looks like, right? I've, I've seen these pictures of like, you know, these small little angels who are kind of chubby baby lookalikes, like, and there's clouds and harps and everyone's like praising God, and all these things. And they were like, I- I'm not sure I want to live like that forever. 
And I can relate with that, right? If it was just clouds and like angels and harps and stuff, it would be kind of strange. Yet I don't think that's what heaven's going to be like. And this isn't the end of the story. As we've talked about already, that Jesus came to earth in the incarnation. He was crucified in the crucifixion, and yet he did not stay dead. He rose from the grave conquering sin and Satan and everything. And how he rose from the grave is a historically accurate event. It isn't just a thing that may have happened. May, no, no, no. Like, there's lots of evidence around this reality that Jesus Christ actually was a real person. He actually was crucified, and he actually rose from the grave. And Paul explains in 1 Corinthians 15, that ultimately, as Jesus rose from the grave, he was the first fruits of a future resurrection. Scripture paints a picture that eventually Jesus will return to earth. And there's a whole bunch of viewpoints and a lot of mystery about this. Yet ultimately, it paints a picture of a new heaven and a new earth. That all the people who've passed away up until this point will be resurrected. And all those who are in Christ, who know Jesus, will be resurrected into eternal life, eating and drink, having jobs, having friendships, having houses, I believe, drinking wine. I'm excited for that day when it comes. Yet all those who aren't in Christ are ultimately resurrected into eternal judgment with Satan and all the demonic powers are thrown into the lake of fire. So here's the thing, is that just as Pastor Chris explained a few weeks ago, we know the end of the story. We know what happens at the end, that Jesus wins and the enemy loses. That if we're in Christ, we will live forever in the new heaven and new earth with full intimacy with the God of the universe. And it's not lame clouds and harps and chubby babies. It is the greatest thing ever. It's way better than the greatest day on earth. It will be amazing. Vineyard, we know the end of the story. And therefore, we don't shrink back and hide in fear or anxiety of death, yet we press on. We love others. We serve others. We lay down our lives for the sake of others. All through church history, the church has been known for risking their lives in order to help others. And you know, before I was a Christian, even honestly as a Christian sometimes, I'm like, why would you do that? Like, just play it safe, man. Like, what? Like, why would you help people and to be killed for your faith and with, with plagues and stuff? Why would you risk your own health in order to help others? But I think the reason why is because Christians have understood these realities. Christians have understood that they don't have to be scared of eternity 
because of what Jesus has done. We don't have to hide from death. We can stare it right in the face. We don't have to shrink back and hide and say, I I just got to preserve my life. But rather, we can look it in the face and say, oh, death, where is your sting? I'm not scared of you any longer. I've seen uh, pictures over the years of you know, monks who have like weird haircuts and, and, and you know, they're writing at their desk and on their you know, desk is a skull. I've always wondered like, why is the skull there? Like this is kind of morbid. Like, aren't you like a happy Christian person and, and yet you have a skull on your desk? It's always kind of weird. It's like, is it Halloween? Like, why do we have the skull? And I heard an expl- explanation a while back that why the skull is there is that these people want to keep their own mortality in front of them all the time. That ultimately these guys want to understand that, man, I'm not going to be here forever. I will die one day. And when I die, I am going to spend eternity somewhere. A pastor in of the 1800s, you know, Jonathan Edwards had a quote that was almost exactly the same. He says that, that I resolve to think about my own mortality on a regular basis. That on a regular basis, I'm going to put this reality that I have an expiration date on the forefront of my mind in order that I live with more intentionality, savoring every moment on earth and living for things that actually matter in eternity. If we're afraid to die, you never really live. Yet if you're in Christ, you can live life to the fullest. So, Vineyard, should we be scared of death? Well, the answer is yes and no. I know that's really clear. Here's how Jesus explains it. I am the resurrection and the life. If anyone believes in me, though shall he die, yet shall he live forever. I am the resurrection and the life. If anyone, I want to hone in on that word, anyone, and also believes in me, though shall he die, yet shall he live forever. Should we fear death? Well, if you're in Christ, and you've placed your faith in Jesus, you've turned from your old life, and now you are holding fast to Jesus. The answer is no. You don't have to fear death. Perfect love casts out all fear. You know where you're going when you die, and you will be with Jesus in the fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore for the rest of eternity. You don't have to be scared of passing away. Yet if you're here and you aren't aren't yet in Christ, uh, you've heard about Jesus maybe, you've, you've heard about Easter and Christmas or you're in church, but you're like, man, honestly, I don't know if I'm in Christ or not. 
I believe that God has you listening right now for a purpose. There is a God. There is an afterlife. Heaven and hell really exist. And how you get into heaven isn't trying really hard, isn't by just acting like it doesn't exist, yet rather, it's through placing your faith in Jesus. Jesus was a real person. He really lived a perfect life. He was crucified on a criminal's cross. He rose from the, from the grave, conquering sin and Satan and all of death. And if you turn from your sin and place your faith in King Jesus, you will be made right with the God of the universe. All your sin will be forgiven and you will have eternal life. If that's you, let us know. We would love uh, to pray with you and to help you keep following Jesus. But I want you to take some time, if that's you, you know, to just pray to God and say, God, I, I know I'm a sinner. I, I mean, I know I can't save myself, but I believe in you. I believe in Jesus. I believe you came to earth. You lived a perfect life. I believe you paid for my sin on the cross and I believe you rose from the grave. I repent, I, I give you my life. I will follow you for the rest of my life. Vineyard, we don't have to be scared of death anymore. We don't have to be scared of passing away, having, a, having an expiration date because we know the God of the universe. And Jesus came in the incarnation he paid for our sins in the crucifixion and then he rose from the grave in the resurrection. Jesus is the reason we don't have to be scared of death. I love you guys. Thanks again for joining us here at The Vineyard. It's our greatest desire to see you find and follow God and we hope that this podcast has helped you do just that. For more video messages and content, make sure to visit our website, vineyardwheeling.com, or download our app. Again, thanks for joining us this week. We'll see you next time.